Amen. Amen. Appreciate you, Brother Casey and praise team. Wherever you are this morning, I want to welcome you to Chapel Hill Baptist Church. It is an honor to be here with you. It is exciting. Uh, Last time I was here, uh, we were all in the church together, and we know that a lot has happened since that time. But one thing has not changed. Jesus Christ is still on His throne. Jesus Christ is still Lord, and how awesome it is that you and I are able to come into His house. And I know many of you are still at your house this morning. Many of you may be traveling and, and watching from somewhere afar. But, but know this, Jesus is worthy of our praise. This morning, if you've got your Bibles, I want to invite you to turn with me over to the book of 1 Peter. 1 Peter is where the message is going to be coming from this morning. And really, all that the, the choir or the, the praise team led us in today, I could really start and, and finish and leave it there in verse 3. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 1, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to His great mercy, has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Isn't it amazing to know that wherever you are this morning, if you've trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you've been born again. And here's the, what's, what's so amazing about that, is it is a complete and total work of God the Father. I want to begin... My journey here at Chapel Hill, which has already been an amazing journey, I want to begin it by asking you this question. Are you a Christian? I know we've got just a handful in the room right now, and I know there's a bunch of you out there watching. But guys, in the day and age that we live in today, with all that's going on in our world today, with with so much uncertainty... My prayer for you is that you're a Christian, that you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It's not one of those things that you put off, because the message today is for the church. The message all day long is for the church, because listen church, we have been through, both in Chapel Hill and all over the world, the church is going through difficult times, we're going through trials, we're going through struggles, we're going through things, but we know that Jesus Christ is Lord. We know that we have a Savior, an advocate who sits and intercedes on behalf of us as His people, but my My heart aches for people who do not have a relationship with Christ. My heart aches for you who who may be, you may be one of those individuals who say, you know what, I need to, I know I should, and you've put it off for whatever the reason. I want to start this morning, maybe even with the invitation. Because why not? Isn't that what it's about? Isn't that what we sing praise to? Isn't that who we sing our praise to? Listen, right now, wherever you are, wherever you're watching from, could be somebody, listen, there's people in the praise team and in the orchestra, there's pastors even still get saved. Because they've not been born again. They, they enjoy church, they enjoy the fellowship, the social aspect of church, they enjoy this part of it. 
If they've never trusted Jesus as Lord and Savior, let me ask you a question from, from my heart to you. Are you a Christian? Have you trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? My prayers that you have, and if you have not, I simply ask you, why not? And some of you say, well, I don't know what I, what do I need to do? Well, the Bible is very clear that you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. The Bible tells us, John 3, 16, we see that sign held up in the, at the end of the goalpost in the football stadiums, in the, in the baseball stands. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. You're whosoever. You're whosoever. God so loved the world. God so loved you that Jesus came and He hung on a, on a horrible cross and He died so that you could be forgiven, so that you could have hope. Praise God, we're the beneficiaries of that great love. We're the beneficiaries of that obedience there. Jesus, He did not want to die. He said, Lord God, but not my will be done, but Yours be done. And He went to the cross of Calvary. And my sin and Your sin, every lie I told, everything I did wrong, every evil thought, every any little thing is worthy of eternal separation from a holy and righteous God. One sin. Have you ever lied even once? Have you ever told one lie? Have you ever taken one gym clip or paper clip that was not yours? Even one. That one sin requires punishment. God's not going to let a sinner into a perfect and righteous and holy place called heaven. We'll read about it here in just a moment, but that is reserved, and that is a place that is reserved for his children, for those that he's called. Listen, is God calling you? You may be sitting there wherever you are, and you're saying to yourself, I've never trusted Christ. I know I should. I've, I've never turned my life over to the Lord. I know I should. I've never, I've heard sermon after sermon. I've heard preacher after preacher. I've even walked the aisle, but it's always just been ahead. Conviction, it's never been a heart change. Could be you. Right now, wherever you are, I want to I don't want to lead you in a prayer of salvation. I just want you to ask Jesus to save you. What did the thief on the cross say? He said, Remember me today when you enter into your paradise. You know you. You know if you're lost or not. You know if you've not ever trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior, why not right now? In the quietness, listen, you're not here with everybody. They're not watching you. Why not right now, right where you are, simply humble yourself before the Creator of this universe and submit to His will in your life. Submit, surrender, and say, Father God, I am a sinner. I am a rebel. Lord, I have lived for me and I repent of my sins. I ask you to come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. The Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Go there. Read it for yourself. Look over at Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and further. Just read that right there where you're at. You don't have to just trust me. The Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You know, you may be, some of you, there may be just one of you out there watching. Maybe not now, but later. We'll watch this and blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who according to His great mercy has caused us 
to be born again. The Holy Spirit of God is convicting you to stop fighting. The Holy Spirit of God is calling you to Himself. Stop resisting. The Holy Spirit of God is drawing you from death over to life. And all you simply do is by faith believe. And when you believe, your life is changed when you surrender, doesn't mean, doesn't mean the bills will, will stop coming. It doesn't mean you don't have to go to work tomorrow. But what it does mean is your relationship with God has gone from being an enemy of God, a rebellious, a rebellious sinner in the face of a holy, righteous God to a person who just simply submits and repents. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has caused us. Salvation is a work of God. My prayer is right there where you are. Just simply trust Jesus. We sing the song, simply trust Jesus right there where you are. And when you do that, this is what happens. When you trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the rest of this verse, you, you get on a journey that those of us who are believers, you get on a journey that I've been on since I was a young person. I was a kid at nine years old. I got on this journey. And let me tell you, the journey with Jesus is worth it. The journey that we're on with Jesus Christ is so worth it. There's going to be ups and there's going to be downs. There's going to be obstacles. There's going to be temptations. There's going to be struggles. There's going to be trials. The Bible clearly tells us that. Peter here is writing to a persecuted church. He's writing to men and women, believers. If you get back up to verse 1, he tells you who the audience is. It's people who are scattered, aliens. Have you ever felt like an alien before? Have you ever felt like an outsider, maybe in your own circle, maybe in your own skin at times? That's who Peter's talking to. He's talking to a persecuted church. Listen, Christians, we don't, we don't have an easy life. We, we know that there is waiting for us in heaven. God has prepared a home for you and for me, and it's worth it. Read with me. Let's, let's read. Look at what it says. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to His great mercy, has caused us to be born again to a living hope. Oh yeah, the rest of the story, Jesus didn't stay dead. He rose again on the third day, victorious over death, hell, and the grave. That's why our salvation is secure. We don't serve a dead God. We serve a God who reigns forevermore, forever and ever and ever. He defeated death, hell, and the grave. He defeated Satan who thought for a moment that he was victorious, that he had won the fight, but Satan is defeated forevermore, period. He doesn't even win any wars. Satan has no power and no authority to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away reserved in heaven 
for you. You ever wonder, those of you that are watching, those of you who may not, you, you still, you hear the gospel. You hear that Jesus is the only way. You hear that there is no Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. And you hear that and you say, I don't get it. I don't want to be a part of it. And you wonder why those Christian people can be so excited. With so much uncertainty, with a, with a pandemic going on, and, and elections coming up, and sickness, and, and, and there's just so much going on. How is it that Christians can be happy? Church, we know why. Because this isn't home. We know why, because this is not our home. We're passing through. My address is no, nowhere found on this earth. They may send my, my mail there. But God has prepared a place for me, and it has nothing to do with me. It's because He chose me. He made me His own. He chose me, and He's promised. He's got a place reserved in heaven for me, who are, verse 5, who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed at the last time. We in the church, we as believers, how, how can we say you go back through Christian history, you go back through church history, and there's persecution after persecution. How is it that you can say it's worth it? How is it that you can say the journey is worth it? Because we're not living for here. We're not living for what this world has to offer. Church, we know what Christ has overcome. We know what we have in store. We know that by faith, one of these days, and it could be sooner than later. You know, we're not promised tomorrow. You're not promised tomorrow. No one out there is promised tomorrow. That's why I start with trust Jesus. Please know Jesus. Please don't play church. Please don't kick this down the curb. Please don't. I've had conversation after conversation with people, and here's what they say. I'm not ready yet. I've got to get a few things straight. I've got to get my life in order. You're never going to do that on your own apart from Jesus. You're never going to get your life in order apart from a relationship without the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit that, that controls us and moves and makes us into the people that we are. The church has a faith that this world doesn't understand. The message of the cross is foolishness to those that are perishing, but to us that believe, it's, it's hope. It's hope. This isn't just a head knowledge. This is a, this is a I, Jesus is all I have. Jesus is all I have. You say, yeah, but preacher, you stand in front of people and you preach. No, Jesus is all I have. Jesus is all I have. It's not my abilities. It's not my. It's nothing about me. Jesus is all I have. I don't deserve heaven. I don't deserve what's waiting for me. By faith, I know it's coming, but I don't deserve it. Jesus is all I have. Can you say that? Listen, I know the journey is worth it. I know, I know it is worth it because He is faithful. He is good. And even look at, look at verse 6. In this you greatly rejoice. And, and you know, it was not until this week I saw two words. 
It wasn't until this week I saw two words, read through this, preached through this so many times, but two words popped out this week. It was amazing how God works. In this you greatly rejoice, even though for now for a little while, if necessary. I've never seen if necessary before. Although now for a little while, if necessary, you face various trials. We talked just the other night about trials. Trials comes in every shape and form. Trials come all the time. But there's a purpose for those trials. We as believers know that. We know that there is a war that we find ourselves in. We know that the enemy is not rolling the red carpet out for us. We know that that at the end of the day there is waiting for us a prize. At the end of this journey is a prize. It's so worth it. Even though it gets hard. Because if necessary, God has to mold us and shape us and tweak us every once in a while. God has to shake us up. God has to move us around. God has to strengthen us. And you know what He uses? You know what God uses? He uses trials. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, You have been distressed by various trials. I know many of you are watching out there. You say, well, you know, if God is so good. If God is so good, why does he let bad things happen to good people? You ever ask that question? I've heard it so often. The reason God allows bad things to happen to good people is for his glory. God allows difficult times to come into our lives because God knows that He, he at, the, at the end of that difficult time, God is going to use that difficult thing, that trial, that stress, that strain, that struggle. God is going to use it to make us into something that, that brings Him more honor, that brings Him more glory. He's molding and making us into the image of His Son. My faith, let me go ahead and tell you, my faith is stronger now than it was at the beginning of the corona pandemic. Because I've seen God show out. I've seen God. And you have too. You've seen friends and family. And listen, I know it. I get it. There have been people who we love who have passed away. But listen, if they're a believer, guess where they are? I know we want them. We want to hold them forever and ever. But praise God, they have their reward They are in the presence of King Jesus even now. They wouldn't come back. They wouldn't. Here's what they're saying Stop mourning for me. Stop grieving for me. You go live for him because he's worth it. Corona has changed us all. This pandemic has changed us all. But you know what? God is faithful. This fire. This trial, verse 7, so that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Some of you have been tested. If necessary, came to your house. If necessary, came close to you. 
if necessary, God. Listen, I don't understand God. But there's a reason God has allowed you to go through what you've gone through. And, and, and it, may not just, it may not be anything to do with the coronavirus. It could, be at, it could be at work. It could be at school. It could be a relationship breakup. It could be a best friend. It could be, a, it could be something. I don't know what you've gone through. But if necessary came to you, A trial came to you and you've gone through it. And let me tell you something, Christian. God's not left you. God's not left you for even a moment. God's not not turned His back on you. The only turning the back has already happened. Remember Jesus on the cross. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? My sin was paid there. Your sin was paid there. The trials, God uses them to mold and make us into the image of His Son. And, and the longer I'm on this earth, the further and further I get on this journey, the more and more God reveals Himself to me. And by faith, I simply believe. I watch Him work in people's lives. I watch Him work in those around me, those that I love. I watch Him work in my own life as, as, as He tweaks me. As he tweaks those close to me, I see what God is doing. And my my relationship with Christ has grown deeper. Peter says that'll happen. And though you, verse 8, and though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with the joy inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. I'm not saved by my work. I'm saved because of Jesus. I'm not saved because of anything I've ever done or ever will do. I'm saved because of Jesus. I know God chose me and He made me His very own. Can you say that? Can you say that? Whether you're in this room or you're out there watching, whether you're in Northport, Tuscaloosa, or far, far away watching this, can you say that God chose you and made you His very own? If you can, if you can because of faith in Christ, you've got to have a, you've got to be excited. How can you not, no matter what you're going through, I know the trial is real, I know the struggle is real, I know the pain is real, but so is Jesus and He is worth it, every bit of it. You say, preacher, you're crazy. (laughs) No, it's just simple, childlike faith. It's just childlike faith. I trust Him. I trust Him. He has the words of life. There is nowhere else to go. There is no other hope but Him. My faith alone in Christ alone is my hope alone. There is no other way. There is no other name. There is nothing else that I stand on except Jesus. And the Bible tells me that that's enough. You say, preacher, there's got to be more. Obtaining as the outcome of your faith. Obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. 
It doesn't say there, obtaining to the outcome of your work. It doesn't say obtaining to the outcome of your baptism, obtaining to the outcome of your church membership, obtaining to the outcome of all of these things that you've done that are good, that outweigh your bad. No, it simply says obtaining to the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your soul. Guys, I stand before you this morning saying the journey is worth it. The journey that I've been on for these many years with Jesus is worth it. Is the Christian life a perfect life? No. Is a Christian life an easy life? Not always. Is it, is it worth it? Yeah. I thought about, you know, the weight. Heaven, we've got to wait on it. Is the weight worth it? It's worth it. Is the is the war that we may sometimes find ourselves in, is it worth it? It's, it's worth it. The reward. One of these days, you know, here's what we don't hear all the time. We think about heaven and we think about granny. We, get, we think about heaven and we think about all those people we're going to see one of these days that we're going we're gonna to run up to and we're going to see mama and daddy and family and friends, but you know who else is there? You know who I want to see? I want to see Jesus. I want to see Jesus. Because mama didn't save me. Jesus did. My grandparents didn't save me. Jesus did. God chose me and he made me his very own because of who Jesus is. Can you say that? Can you say your only hope in this world is Jesus? Wherever you are this morning, can you say your only hope is Jesus? And if not, why not? Trust Him. Trust Him. The outcome of your faith is the salvation of your soul. Forever and ever and ever, this body is going to die, but my soul will live forever. Your soul will live forever. I simply ask you, trust Him. Get on this journey with me. I said that Thursday night when I talked. Hadn't thought about that before. Get on this journey with me. You know, that's what every one of us as Christians should be doing with friends and family and brothers and sisters and people that are, we are close to that don't know Jesus. Get on this journey with us. Come, come, come go with me as I fall deeper in love with Christ Jesus. Yes, that's called discipleship. That's what we're to be doing, church. That's what we're to be doing is telling everybody else about Jesus. Telling everybody else about the one who chose us. Telling everybody else about the one we have our faith in. That's what we're to be doing, period. It's, it's bringing those along. Hey, let me introduce you to my Jesus. That's why we're here. That's the purpose of this. Guys, let me, let me say this. You're out there. We got the praise team, we got the band, we got staff sitting in the room, and that's pretty much it. Chapel Hill, you're out there. Northport, you're out there. Tuscaloosa, you're out there. Come get on this journey with us as we worship, as we, as we, although we've not seen him, 
We believe in Him. Although we've not seen Him, we love Him. Although we've not seen Him, we trust Him with all of our hearts. We're not working our way to heaven. We're following Jesus to heaven. We're not doing anything to earn salvation. We're just simply trusting Him who's already provided our salvation. Is the journey worth it? You see that? I... He didn't put the exclamation point on it. Because it's not a question. It's an exclamation. The journey is worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. And you can't do it on your own. I want you to hear me say that. I want to look at whoever, whatever you are looking at me right now. You cannot do this journey alone. Come do it with us. Go find a Bible-believing church somewhere and do it with them. Go worship together with other like-minded believers. Hug one another. Hold one another's hand. Cry with one another. Hold one another accountable. Pray for one another. Go deep in God's Word together. Do simply what we just did this morning. Take a text to Scripture and walk through it together. Get on that journey. It is worth it. Christians, there's some of you, it's time to come out of hiding. It's time to come out of You got your feelings hurt, I understand you got your feelings hurt. They didn't, they, it didn't happen the way you wanted it. Jesus is worth getting over that. You got mad at somebody, and I'm not telling you all to just come to Chapel Hill. I said go to a Bible-believing church that preaches Jesus Christ and Him crucified, and faith alone and Him alone is the only hope you have. Satan wants nothing more than to keep us far, far apart. Satan wants nothing more than to keep us from being who God saved us to be. Satan wants nothing more than to keep us quiet, sitting. Ineffective for the kingdom. God saved us for much more than that. God saved you and He put you on a journey. He put you, some of you this morning, some of you this morning in the quietness and in the stillness of your heart, you said, Jesus saved me. No fanfare. No big celebration. No, no, no big attention was drawn to you. You just simply by faith said, Jesus, I'm tired of playing games. I'm tired of living for me. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. I believe that you died on the cross for me. I'm a sinner. Lord, I don't know what it all means. I don't understand what this whole sin thing is, but I know I'm a mess up. And Lord, if you can take a mess up, I guess you'll take me. And faith is giving, giving us mess ups to Jesus. And saying, Lord God, do with me. Come worship with us. Go worship. Get on this journey. Let me pray for you. Wherever you are. And let me keep saying. Let me, let me say it. Jesus is worth it. Father God, I pray right now for every person that is watching and that will watch. Lord, I pray as we come here. 
as we stand and simply sit in your presence this morning, God. I thank you for, thank you for that home, that's, that reward that's waiting for us, God. And I thank you for the fiery trial that we, may, that we have experienced and we may experience even some more later. God, I pray right now that, Lord, for those people that are sitting at home and maybe are watching this later, maybe sitting at work later on and they're watching this, and Lord, they've never trusted you as Savior. God, that your spirit is lead them. Just turn, guys, wherever you are that you're watching this. Go to Romans 10, 9 through 13 and read it. Look at what the Bible says. Look at John 3, 16. Here's where you are. You're at Romans 3.23. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The consequences of that sin. Look at Romans 6.23. The consequences is death. Praise God. When you were dead, God made him alive. Made you alive in Jesus. God, we love you. We praise you. In Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Unless Josh and Rob, you stay there. Josh, Rob, y'all come stand with us. This is the, we're not going to play nothing. We're just going to stand here. Those of you that are watching. Y'all been seeing these guys for a long time. Y'all watched them for a long time. Come on up here. You stand and Brother Ken, Brother Ken's not with us. Guys, we want, to, we want you to join us. Wherever you are, we want you to come join us on this journey. rest of you, y'all come on. Come on. This is the rest of them. Y'all come on up here. We won't, we're going to do as socially distanced as we possibly can. Y'all come join us. Chapel Hill's inviting you to come join them. Y'all come on up. Put your mask on. Y'all step around us. See, they didn't leave this morning. They stuck around. They didn't know they were going to have to come back up either, did they? Guys, come worship with us. That's what we're asking. Come worship with us. Come get on this journey with us. We're not special. We're nothing special. We're just brothers and sisters in Christ. I had several people ask me, were you nervous? I'm like, no, I just met another group of brothers and sisters in Christ I haven't seen yet. Here's the cool thing about us. we got a home prepared for us in heaven, and we may have to face some fiery trials, but God is going to mold and make us into what He desires us to be. Come worship with us. Come sing and bring your kids. Bring your family. Come get on this journey that we're on together and make a commitment. Let me say this. When I was a kid, I, I didn't even know this happened. I didn't even know this happened. I think I was five and my brother was born. And my mama looked over at daddy and this is what she said. And this may be something wives and mamas you have to do. My mama looked over at daddy. They weren't in church. They were bouncing around kind of. But mama looked over at daddy and said, Mike, we got to get them boys in church. I was five and Chris was just born. 
My mama looked over at my daddy and said, Mike, we got to get those boys in church. Mama's in heaven. Mama got her reward already. But I pastor Chapel Hill Baptist Church. And my daddy pastors Liberty Baptist Church in Greenville, Alabama. And my brother pastors First Baptist Church Cedartown in Cedartown, Georgia. Mama got a reward. But she left three boys behind her and they preachers. There may be a mama out there. There may be a daddy out there. There may be a, somebody out there that has to look over at your spouse and say, Hey, honey, we got to get them boys in church. We got to get them kids in church. We got to get our family in church. I want to raise my family in. We're, not, we're nothing special, but we're trying. That's one thing I promise you. We're going to try. Not that our trying is going to. Not that our trying is going to save us because Jesus has already done it. But we're going to walk in a manner worthy of the name of Jesus. I want us to close in prayer this morning. I don't know who that was for. I don't know who that was for. But there's a lot of you out there that, guys, he died on the cross for you. God gave his very best for you. God gave his son for you. The journey is worth it. The journey is worth it. Come go with us. Y'all, let's pray. Let's pray, y'all. Father God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you, God, for these men and women behind me. God, for their faithfulness. I thank you for their heart. Lord, I pray for every person that's out there somewhere, watching now or watching later, Holy Spirit of God, move in the hearts of people. Do not let people be content. Do not let them be. Do not let them just sit down, Lord, when there's so much to be done for your kingdom, for your glory. God, there is so much still to be done. Lord, help us honor you. Help us to make much of you. Help us, Lord, to please you in all aspects of our life, Lord. Help us walk in a manner worthy. God, put a hedge around us. Put a hedge of protection around us. Keep Satan from us. We rebuke you, Satan, in, in Jesus' name. From every family that's watching, every family on this stage, every staff person, every person that, that has anything to do with this heal or any other of your believers, God, your children. Protect us, Lord. God, and we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come worship with us next Sunday morning. Nine o'clock. We will be here. We'll be socially distancing. We'll be safe. Y'all come worship with us. And then again at 1030. God bless you all. Y'all have a great Sunday afternoon.